And good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host and I just had a little technical glitch there. Sorry about that. So listen, I am really, really, really excited about the guest that I have on today. This lady has, well, I don't know her entire story, so I've heard that it's an unbelievable story, though. So I'm really excited to hear it myself. I want to welcome my friend, Michelle Eldridge, to the show. Michelle, welcome to the show. Hi, I am so, so honored to be even on here with you. So thank you so much. <laughs> you know, one of the things I've noticed about you is your your humility is awesome. I mean, you're just a really kind and gentle soul, I can tell. So I'm excited to have you on here. And, and I think that... Um, you know, I told you the show is called Breakthrough Walls. It's to help people have a breakthrough in life because we all get stuck from time to time. And, and you know, some people just don't know how to get unstuck. And, and I think that hearing other people's stories is definitely a part of the healing process. So, Michelle, thanks for being here. Let's, let's start with um, how about you tell everybody where you were born and raised? Yeah, so I was actually, I was born in Kingsport, but I was raised in a teeny weeny town um, in Tennessee. It's called Sneedville. Um, most people know of like Knoxville. It's like East Tennessee, but it's actually almost a couple hours from there. But I grew up there, and so it's like no Walmart, no anything like that. The only thing you're going to find is a red light and a couple dollar stores. Like it's tiny. <laughs> nice. So, so I, I literally just got back from Chattanooga like two days ago. Oh, you're not far from me where I live now. Oh, where, that where, where far. are you? Now I'm in Newport, Tennessee. So okay. I'm really close to like Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge and okay. all okay. those good things. So it's not as far from me to the bigger places now. I got you. I got you. So, so, um, what was, so you grew up in a real tiny town and I can, I can totally relate to that. Um, what was it like? I mean, did you go to the what elementary and middle school and high school and all that there, right? Well, I moved in middle school, but I went up until that point I went there and it was, it was, I mean, it was good, but it wasn't, you know, I, I grew up, uh, my mom was like really young when she had me. And so, and she didn't really have any knowledge because her mom wasn't around. She was being raised by her dad. Yeah. And so she was young and she was partying. She was doing all these things. So that's why I was around. Yeah. And like, so it was just a small town. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows your business. If they don't, they've made it up <laughs> and they know what you're doing at all times. And so that's why I grew up knowing everybody knows everything and everybody's holding something against you. If you have like for me, people I, as a kid, I remember people would treat me different because of either my mom or my dad or my uncles or my something because it was a cycle of drugs or alcohol or whatever. And if your last name wasn't the greatest, then you weren't treated the greatest. And it was, you know, it's a small town kind of thing a lot yeah. of times. Yeah. So there was a lot of um, small town mentality. <laughs> yes. Being a lot. In, up in everybody's business. So, so, um, so you went to, you said you moved in middle school. Um, was yeah. Was far away or just down the road or? Um, so I moved to a different county. Um, okay. In Tennessee I, still. Yeah, it's still in Tennessee. I actually just moved there because I moved in with my dad. It was when I met him. I was 13. Wow. And I only did that because um, my mom and my stepdad wouldn't quit fighting. And I thought I had this big picture in my mind. I told my mom one day, I was like, if y'all don't, if y'all fight again, 
I'm leaving. I'm going to my dad's. And I remember her packing me over there with trash bags and clothes in them, dropping me out, looking him in the face and saying, I've had him. I've had her the first 13 years. Now it's your turn and pulling out of the driveway. And I thought he was going to be some knight in shining armor and just save me. And my mom never would talk bad about him. So I just had made this big thing up. So that's, that's why I moved. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. I, there's so many parallels to our stories. It's crazy. So, um, so here, here you were living now at 13, living with your real dad that you had just met. Yep. And he has a family. He's married. He's got a daughter and a stepson and, uh, you know, they live on this farm. And so, we, you know, I do chores and things like that, which is awesome. Obviously, you're supposed to do that. But I just always felt like the outsider. Because, you know, daddies love their little girls. And so my dad's youngest daughter, um, you know, she was young. And so she got all this attention. And then my yeah. stepmom, whose son, that was my dad's stepson, you know, he got the attention from her mommy's boy kind of thing. And then there I was just kind of there. Yeah. And although I, I will say I am grateful because the things that I witnessed, you know, when I was not there yeah. were far more insane versus the life that I had while I was at my dad's. Right. Um, and not to say that it wasn't, you know, there wasn't things that happened, but it was definitely a better environment um, as a whole. Yeah. Wow. And so did you, you stayed there through high school? and? Uh, or well, I stayed there. Um, my sister got took away from my mom. And so I ran away basically from my dad's to go be with her. She went to my grandpa's. But outside of me going to be in foster care with her for a little bit until yeah. – they told me mom was going to get her back. And then I went back to my dad's. Um, I was with my dad up until I was 18 at 12.01 AM. And then I had my boxes in the rain waiting to, to leave Wow! <laughs> when, on my birthday. Boxes in the rain. It was raining. Yeah. And, oh my Yeah. Gosh. It was raining. I'd put my little boxes outside to wait on my stepdad's car to pull up so I could get out. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And where it was did, insane. Where... I, I went through a lot of like, so I missed my sister. I basically raised her. Yeah. And so I couldn't go around them. I couldn't whatever. And so I missed her. I cut myself. Like I have her initials carved in my leg. Like it's insane. Wow. And I was, so I lost my virginity by being raped at 14. So I snuck out. Ugh. This is on me. I'm aware of this. Okay. But I snuck out of this babysitting job I was doing at 14 and went with my little boyfriend and um, his cousin ends up raping me. Long story short, I go home and, you know, my mom finds out about it because one of the place that we went was a friend of hers. Yeah. Anyway, so she keeps calling my dad, trying to tell him my dad's like, why does she keep doing that? Like, why is she lying? And finally, I got tired of him calling her a liar because even though, you know, I knew a lot of wrong that she did, she was still my mom and I knew she was telling the truth. So I said, it's true. Is that what you want to hear? And so they called the law. Law comes. The law treat tells me, well, you shouldn't have been out. Obviously I know that. Right. Like, wow. Okay. But the guy was in the army and he was leaving back out. And so he was never, nothing ever happened anything like that. And so after that, um, everything just was different. I was different. Um, and that's where I started to go downhill fast. Wow. Now, did you, so did you, did you graduate from high school and all that? I did. I even graduated with honors. I loved school. Like I um, graduated early. School was the only like it was like my safe place. I played basketball. I was good at it. I played volleyball. I was good at it. Like I was good at all this stuff because that was something for me to put my energy in, I guess, yeah. and excel in and get attention for that, you know, excelling that great job or whatever. Yeah. And so I graduated at the top of my class and 
So I turned 18 a month before I graduated early. And so I would drive, I would drive my mom's boyfriend's car back to across the other county to finish school so that I did graduate. I didn't go to my graduation, but I did graduate. Wow. Wow. So in the midst of all of that insanity, you graduated with honors. Yes. That's and it's incredible. It, you know, and I think too, that again, my, my dad's and my stepmom's house were a way better environment, but I still, after that happened to me, yeah. you know, like I always told myself, I won't do what they did or I won't, you know, I'm never going to be on drugs. I'm never going to all those things. But when, when it's, you know, I had an addictive OCD like personality and yeah. I, I was aware of it. But after that happened and I never really was taught how to deal with anything because everybody was either smoking weed or self-medicating or uh, whatever they were doing, that was the only thing that I knew to turn to. And so I would skip school and go smoke weed or uh, do snort some kind of pill or do something, wow. but I still graduated with honors. And wow. Could have went to, so I started going to college. I went for like a couple weeks and then um, I didn't go back because that's when I realized I was addicted. Um, I actually got a job and was going to college at the same time right after I graduated and realized I was addicted. Hold it. And you were 18, 19 years old? 18 years old. Okay. And you realized you were addicted to what? Yeah. To everything. So when I moved back, <laughs> he said to everything. <laughs> to everything. To everything that made me feel like I felt nothing. So like wow. when I moved back to Sneedville, it was right there. It's like you it wasn't like I didn't know how to get it, where to get it, what it was. And when I lived with my dad, it was a little harder. Yeah, it was a little harder. My friends would bring it to school. We would snort pills in the bathroom. But in Sneedville, you could get somebody would shoot you up in five seconds if you wanted them to. And that's what happened. I jumped right into IV drug use. And I thought one day I was going to go to work. And um, I was a care partner at um, a nursing home. And I was like, hey, I'm going to go to work. And I'm not going to do anything today. I'm just going to go to work. And um, I got to work and I started throwing up and I started shaking and I started like it was crazy. And so I had to leave work and I went home and I was telling mom, I'm like, I am sick. Like I'm sick. She's like, I'm like, I need some medicine or something. And she's like, no, you need a pill. You're, you're withdrawing right now from drugs. And so it hit me like, Oh, I, like, I did that. I am exactly what I said, you know, like, and it was tough. And that just made me want to do it more. It was just like, Hey, now I have to have it. I'm a failure, never gonna, whatever. And so I kept going to work, but I would have the stuff. And then one day come and I didn't have the money. And so I was late. And then another time I was late because I couldn't find something before I got there or whatever. Then I got fired. And when I got fired, and I didn't have money to go uh, to get the pill to go to school or whatever. I dropped out of school and didn't have the job. And from there, it went left. He said it went left. Way I'm left. I'm a recovered alcoholic, so I can laugh. Yeah, no. <laughs> Anybody can laugh. Not... You can laugh now. Anybody can. It's totally fine. But, but like, I, I, it's not funny though because I've no, I've no, not at the time, at for sure. Right, right. But I, I, I think that, um, wow, man, you went through some stuff. A Seriously. lot of it. It was. And, and this is all in little, little Sneedville, Tennessee. This is all going down. Yeah, for the most of it, except just a couple years. But the the worst of it was all there. Wow. So you, um, there's Angela Brooks just jumped on. 
love Angela. She's amazing. She's the one yeah, that told me is. I should interview you. <laughs> so, and I, I'm excited that she said that. So, so here you are now, you're still 18. Yep. And you realize at 18 years old that you're addicted to drugs. Mm-hmm. Well, you said everything. <laughs> well, whatever. Basically right? everything. Yeah. I wasn't addicted to alcohol. I will say that. Yeah. But it was like after, because when I was raped, it was the first time I'd ever drunk anything. Yeah. And I passed out is why I was raped and couldn't do anything about it. So uh, I had a grudge against it in my head. So I, I wasn't an alcoholic. Right. But if that hadn't have happened, like maybe if I was conscious and was raped or something, maybe I would have been, yeah. I don't know, but yeah. um, pretty much anything else that I could get my hands on when you're, when you're in that, like I, now I don't have a job, right? Like I don't have a job. I'm brand new, 18, whatever. If there's, you'll do basically anything to get yeah. your hands on it when you're in that state. And so I end up, um, Fast forward a little bit. I end up getting this um, shoplift in charge at Rite Aid. I put it. I put something in my pocket and never left the store. And um, they saw me do it, put it in my pocket. So the police come, and it was valued at thirteen dollars. And the police officer wrote them a check to pay it to try to get me to not go to jail because my grandparents, my great grandparents, the people, if I had. A, any kind of raising whatsoever when I was with my mom. And again, it's a, it was a victim of circumstance herself, but my great grandparents were the only like rocks in my life. And so everybody loved them. Yeah. And so this cop is like, gosh, have mercy. We don't want to take this girl to jail. Like it will kill them. And, you know, I know too, but I'm not here. I'm right. not, you know, right. and so he writes the check and they take me to jail anyway. And wow. so I go to jail and I'm 18. I'm in this jail and whatever. And then I go to court. I couldn't, my dad, my stepdad, rather not my real dad. Um, he made my bond after I sit there and cried for hours. Wow. And then I got out and he said, this is your only time. If, and when you do anything else, I will never, ever get you out again. And he stuck to that. I never made another bond. And I was in jail many other times. <laughs> and oh, <geez. laughs> it so was you, te a, you tested it. <laughs> yeah, apparently. I, yeah. I thought I would test the waters. I have no idea. But wow. so I get out. I get on this probation, right? And on probation, you have to pass drug tests. You have to pay money. Yeah. And so I kept going back to jail because I would refuse the drug test so that they didn't have a drug test failed on record. Of right. Me, right. Right. So that's the same thing as failing it, but they never could, they couldn't actually say that I did. Right. So they could put me in jail for that. So they did. Then I wouldn't pay and then I wouldn't show up or whatever. And so I would go back Then I would do nine months to flatten it. And then I'd get out, be walking the street and get, public intoxication and go back, get another probation. It just kept going like that over and over. Wow. What a cycle. And so that, okay. So this all pretty much started to go off the rails when you were 18. Yep. And, and many, many arrests. Yes. <laughs> The look on your face is like, I, I, okay. So, so, so was there, was there a point where you were um, like, man, I, I'm not digging the whole jail scene anymore. Um, In fact, let me just, so there was, so at this, at this point, so like from 18 to 20, I had myself on the streets. Um, I'd, I'd stole my body to get money um, for food, for whatever. And so they would arrest me. It would be winter time and they would find me in this farmer's market freezing to death. And they would either come run me off or do something. And I remember a time that not that I got tired of the jail, that I went to the courthouse and asked the judge, please put me in jail. 
And he did. He was so shocked. I'm like, please, please put me in jail because like they're going to, you know, I don't have, I couldn't go to my great grandparents. I didn't want to be around him like that, but that was the only, you know, so I went, but there was a a time I was fixing to be fixing to turn 21 and I just got out of jail. It was like I visited the outside. It wasn't the other way around. And so I, I got out and I saw this guy I'd never seen him before ever in my life. And he was washing his truck. Well, I saw him one time, but I didn't know who he was. And he was washing his truck at this old car wash. I kid you not. I'd borrowed somebody's bicycle. Okay. He was washing his truck and I walked up to him and I'm like, Hey, so I just got out of jail. He had tattoos on his arms. So I'm like, I can, I can say this to this guy. I don't even know what I was thinking, but I'm like, I just got out of jail. I'd like a shower. I need a ride and have some fun, whatever. And I kid you not, I got in that truck and I've never got out and it's been over eight years now. How, so oh my God. I kid you not. And so we end up, he t- we take off that day, long story short. And he's doing stuff. I'm doing stuff, but at least he's got a truck and a job. Right. And I remember even sleeping in that truck, but there was one day he looked at me and he said, and I've been in way worse shape. I had a million times, but he said to me, if we're actually going to do this, we're either going to have to make a life, get a place, or we're going to have to part ways. And it was the first time in my life and I don't even know outside of like my sister, my mom, my girl, whatever that I actually cared for another human. And it dawned on me that I wasn't willing to give that little bit of feeling I could feel up. Mm. And so I said, we'll try, I'll try. And we end up, he finds a little camper. We move into it. And in the camper is when I actually decided no more needle for me. I can't, I can't, I can't do it again. And what's crazy is I thought to myself a million times, I'll die shooting up. No, like, no, I have a question though. Like you, yeah. did you just say that y'all, you, you were living in the truck? We stayed many a nights in the truck. We stayed at his mom's. We'd go to my mom's, but in the winter, there was many a nights just to not have to stay with them. Oh my! We God. would stay in this little S10 truck, and you were still still using, doing all the, yep. the drugs, and was and he was he like he wow. wasn't like me, but he no. was still doing yeah. stuff. He didn't shoot up though. Wow! Holy crap! This is a movie. It's insane. Holy <laughs> crap! This could be a movie. Okay, so wow. Okay, so now you decide to get a camper. I mean, this the movie plot is just getting better. So now now, now y'all decide that if we're going to make this work, meaning us as a couple or life, whatever, we're going to have to get a place and not stay in the truck or at mom's anymore. Yep. And that's what we do. So we get this little camper. It's out of Sneedville. It's in Rogersville. And which is like 45 minutes away, which was good because he worked in Rogersville. So, okay. Okay. Um, and one day, like I, because he worked, you know, it was just laying in there every morning for me. It wasn't like I didn't have it or like I was standing in the cold, hoping somebody would give me a dollar when they walked by, like whatever. And I, it, the, it was like this moment of the moment I took, it off that pedestal for just a second, just a second. It was so fast. I was like, I don't want that anymore. I can't, I can't do it. And so he was already gone. The, you, so don't, I sh- you don't, you don't want what the, the I don't want, I don't want to go in there and, and pick that needle up full of stuff and put it in my arm again. Like, I don't want to do wow. that. And so he's gone to work. It was just in there fixed already for me. And so I slide this thing shut the little bedroom, you know how the camper has like a slide and little thing to shut the bedroom off. Yeah. And I burned up and I sweat and I stayed in there until he come home. And I told him 
like, and this was at the, you know, so 6 a.m. to like 4 or 5 p.m. because he does like roof and carpentry and stuff like that. So he comes in. I'm like, you got to get that out of there. He's like, get what? What? I'm like, get the thing and get it away. And I don't know what he did with it, whether he done it, whether he, or whether he threw it away, whatever. I don't care. I didn't ask. But then I finally came out and it was, it was tough. The next, like, I don't know how long, but it felt like forever. It was tough. But my friend Shauna, um, who was his boss's wife, she started inviting me to church. And so I would ride with her to church on Wednesdays and Sundays. And I met some of the best people I've ever met in my life. And whereas in Sneedville, if I went to a church, people would have looked at me funny. Well, these people didn't know me. So it's easier for me to be like, yeah, I'll go here, you know? So I went and um, it was, it helped me a lot. Shortly after that, like so shortly, in fact, like one month, maybe two, I ended up pregnant with my son. Wow. Wow. Okay. And first uh, I want to say, um, everybody should be sharing this out to their friends and family because your story is freaking unbelievable. So you, you, you detoxed yourself. Yeah, no, I tried stuff. Like I went to this like methadone clinic and it just made me feel high. Um, I will say that Suboxone did help me um, 1000%. But in the end, you got to cut like it still comes down to it's got happen. Like you're going to go through it no matter what. And one thing's just this like it's just a different kind of detox no matter which one it is. So that happened. And then but when I got pregnant with Jace, my life became like it was just easier because it was like, okay, it's not just for me anymore, you know? Yeah. And it's not just for him, Michael, anymore. It's, you know, we got this has got to happen. And he'd never. So he was 38 when we met, I think. So Jace, by this time, he was almost 39 I think so when I got pregnant with Jace that's his first ever gonna be kid right yeah and so I'm really just like priding myself and I've got to have this kid like it's got to be you know so I go through that I have Jace he ends up uh, my placenta abrupted and they think because of all the drugs I did that that is why it Mm -hmm. wasn't able to hang on but he was born at 10 weeks, 10 weeks early oh, and wow. had lung issues and a lot of things. And he fit through it. He was tough. He got out of the NICU and we kept him on steroids, breathing drinks, all this stuff. And the kid is brilliant and he's made, you know, obviously our lives great, but he was that solid. I can do this. Like this has to happen. And, you know, I, and and this has not been told often and I've only told it one other time, but I'd had a kid before that a month. So I'd, I'd had a kid, her name's Rayleigh and I gave her away. I found out I was seven weeks pregnant in jail and then they let me out at 38 weeks so I could have her. And then I had to go straight back. So I had to give her away. And I'd had her a month before I actually met Michael. Okay. Wow. So I knew I didn't have anything for her that I could offer. And I promised myself if I ever had a kid, I would not drag it through what I was drugged through. And at that time I wasn't ready. And so I said, when I got pregnant with Jace that I have to make this work. I have got to like, I can do this. And we got an apartment um, because of our friends, Shauna and Steve, and they helped us get an apartment. We get the apartment and I'm still going to church and all this stuff. And it's awesome. And then I get picked up for a charge that was like three years old and end up on the front of a newspaper um, and go back to jail and be thrown in there with people who were just like I was before. 
And that was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. Jace was like three months old at this point. Nobody knows this. I've never told this story. Wow. And Michael's never been alone with a kid. And Jace is sick. He's really sick. Mm. And I'm thinking like, how do I still deserve this? Like, what is it that I've done that I still have to pay for this? Mm. And it'd been so long. So anyway, no, it's, I get you're out. All, you're all right. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you're okay. But I get out and Jason's like seven months old. He looks like a completely different kid. And it was so hard. And then it got so that we couldn't pay the rent at this apartment. It kept going up. It was $500 at the time. Like $100 was hard to come by. And Mike was working, making good but Jace's milk was so expensive because he was, he could only have a certain kind. So yeah. it's either that or the rent. And Michael liked those like newspaper things. And he found a trailer, like a mobile home for a thousand dollars. And so he borrowed the money from his boss. Um, again, Steve and Shauna, they come to a rescue a million times. But, and so he, his mom has property um, in Sneeville. And so we moved back there. We get the trailer, we borrowed the money to move it and we put it on that property and we moved there. So there's no rent. Right. There's just a light bill. We don't even have, we didn't even have a, a, um, a water bill. It was like a, a well. And I'm so proud. Like, there was a yard and there was a shed and there was a barn and it was ours. And I put my whole soul into it. Right. But we're back in Sneville and Michael um, falls into, you know, doing things, doing drugs again. And then he, you know, he loses himself. He start, he gets shot in 2015 driving down the road. And from there, he, get, hold he it. Started. Get shot with a gun. Yeah, with a gun. Get shot. Get shot driving down the road, maybe a mile from our house. He had. He was. I don't know if he was. I don't know where he was going or what he was doing exactly, but it was dark. The passenger window was down in the truck, and a, a bullet come through the window, and he put his hand up like a reflex. You know, you put your hand up to. Yeah. You know, and it went through here and out here and into this artery because he was holding the steering wheel with his arm. And he drove home like that. He had a leather jacket on, and I think that saved him for the most part. But he drove home, comes in the door bleeding like it's insane. And um, long story short, 911 comes. He goes, they, they put a fake, they take a vein from his foot, put it in his arm, put this plastic thing so he could, whatever, but because he fell into that other stuff and then that happened, it done something to him where he started hearing things that weren't actually there, people, whatever. Wow. And it was crazy for a good two years at least. And I was trying to get him help, but they wouldn't let me like, they're like, no, he has to say, Either he's going to hurt, kill somebody, or he's got to be the one to check himself in. I'm like, but he believes it's real. Like, he's not going to do that. Right. Like, you can't argue with him. Because it'd be like somebody telling you right now that I'm not here with you. Like, we're not talking. Right. It, it, you know? And so he ends up doing something, gets arrested. And here I am now. I've had another kid by this time. I, I got, I found out I was pregnant with her the day before he got shot, as a matter of fact. Oh, dear Lord. And so here I am. He gets arrested. I have my car. He, he just blew up my car. He had blew up his truck. And I'm there. We got a motorcycle, two kids, an electric bill due. And he had $40 in his wallet when they arrested him. I have no savings, no nada, no job, no ability to get a job, no sitter, nothing at all. <laughs> okay. It wow. was scary. I'm like, I, we've done all this and I'm probably going to lose my kids because I can't pay an electricity bill 
are we serious right now? Like, <laughs> I can't even. I'm no, sorry. like, it was ridiculous, right? <laughs> that is not. <laughs> I'm not laughing at the situation. It's the way you're saying it. Well, it's just you have to say it like that or people would all be in tears. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Right now. That is crazy, Michelle. I know. I mean, and I'm not judging. I've been, I've actually been there, but I've never heard somebody else like uh, that's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Is it so I try, even though I don't have a car, I don't have anything, a babysitter, even if I could get a job. I walk. I get, no, I get a ride. I thought to myself, I'll walk if I get the job, right? But I, I apply for a job at the Family Dollar in town, and they won't hire me. So I'm like, okay. Now, it's wow. been quite a few years now. What? So what's going to give? Because I don't have any other option. And so um, I start thinking, oh, man, what if what if I do one of those um, those spam things? What if what if I do one of those at home spam things where people post all this crap all the time, except there's got to be a way to do it right, like different. I don't want to be like that. But what if I could do one of those? And that's how I started Googling companies besides this company and this company. I'm not going to say the names because those are the two companies I knew of that I didn't want to be like. Right. Right. So I was like how their reps were, I should say, that I'd saw. So I started Googling it. I didn't know it was called like network marketing, direct sales. I didn't know anything like that. Right. And I, I, I just happened to get invited to this like Facebook event thing. And this girl on my friends list who I don't even know. Wait, okay. Facebook event thing. What's that? Yes. Like, you know, you can go to Facebook and create an event and then you can go live in there. Yeah. That's what it was. So (laughs) I was watching this. It was crazy. So yeah. Why not? What else am I going to do? Family dollars. (laughs) And so she was selling stuff and I was like, I think, you know, why not watch her and see what it is she's got? Because I'm already trying to search it out. (laughs) And she shows this makeup. The only thing with that is, is I don't wear any at the time. I didn't wear it. Okay. But I'm like, that looks pretty easy. Maybe, maybe not. But every company I found, I was like, you know, there's auto ship and inventory or something like that, a quota. And I'm like, nobody even likes me. I don't even have Instagram. <laughs> How do I think that I'm going to do this? How would I even get the money? And I asked her, I messaged her. I'm like, I'm being kind of defensive. I'm like, right. so what's, what's the quota, the auto ship and the inventory and how much does it cost? And she's like, yeah, so there's none of that. Uh, but the cost is this. It's, $200 or $400. And I'm like, okay. So I think about it and I'm like, well, if that's all I got to do, maybe I can do it because I don't have any options. So wow. I literally, the only thing that I had a bunch of was kids toys. So I went through my kids toys, post them on Facebook yard sale, made people come pick them up to buy them from my house, pictures off my wall, some maternity clothes, Stuff like that until I got $231 after tax and shipping to get my thingamajigger. When I got this big packet. Hold on a minute. (laughs) You literally sold your kids toys to get the money to go. (laughs) Yes, sir. What about the electric bill? Well, see, that's what I said. I said, no, it's not been paid at this time. Not yet. So I said, okay, so Michelle. You know that this could pay the bill. Like, this is a big chance you're taking considering you know no one. You have nobody you're going to reach out to. So what exactly is your plan here? And all I could think was if that girl could do it pregnant and I was seeing all these other stories about other companies, I'm like, why couldn't I do it? So, like... I could do it on Facebook. They don't have to know me. Like, that's how I thought. So I chose to get that. So I get it. It comes. Okay. 
And I just start going live because that's what she was doing. That's what she was doing. So I was like, okay. So I've got this big air conditioner. Books piled up to lean my phone on. It's a horrible phone. You can hear the air conditioner in the background. It's awful. And I'm like, okay. I like, I emanated people. I'm like, this is what I am. And this is what I'm not anymore. Right. There's nothing you can now tell me about me. I'm not here for that. Here's what I'm here for. Okay. I don't know how to do makeup. Not a clue. But if I can somehow put this on me and it look good, I can assure you, you can do it. So that's what I done. I started slapping it on my face, following this little card, <laughs> doing it over and over and over. And I made my money back for that kit and enough to pay the light bill in two weeks time from people who didn't even like me. Okay. Because my videos was getting shared because they saw if I could follow that flipping little thing, (laughs) get it on there. Somehow they know they could do it. And they did. And so it started going around everywhere. Everybody's sharing my videos. People are buying it (laughs) affordable. So they're just sharing it with everybody and it goes nuts. Okay. Well, I'm just going It goes nuts. What, what's that? Uh, well, it goes nuts like thousands and thousands of dollars of makeup sold in very little time with me with no knowledge whatsoever. Okay. Now, mind you, when I say thousands and thousands of dollars worth of makeup, this is mostly $14 stuff. So it was a lot of $14 stuff to add up to that in just a little bit of time. And I was even, so I paid down on a car that, um, in like two months and by Christmas, it was the first Christmas that the health department or somebody had didn't have to do anything. And my kids had the best Christmas ever. Wow. It was insane. Wow. It was insanity. Okay. So I'm still blind though. I still have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just, (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing, but here I am. And so I get, it's after the first of the year, and you know, January, it's kind of sometimes slow, whatever. But I didn't know that. So I'm like, okay, this sucks. Like, January sucks. I don't know if I'm supposed to be doing this. Like, one bad month, and I want to quit. Typical, right? <laughs> and so right. February comes, and I get my little, you know, my check, which is way more than I would have made if I quit. Duh. But, <laughs> like, I'm just like, this isn't enough. I don't even know what I was thinking, but I talked to Jessica Perez. She is in my upline somewhere. And she said, or she's my uplines upline. And she said, Michelle, no, no, you would be crazy to quit. And so I did not quit. And I started Googling how to do companies from home. And that's really when I figured out it was called network marketing, direct sales and whatever. When I started figuring, trying to find out how to do it. Yeah. And it took me like five months, six, to even try to figure out how to do it. And so, because the company is still new, but it was really new then. I've been there over two years now. So there's a lot, the blind, leading the blind, basically. <laughs> yeah. And so that I found Ray and Jessica Higdon through Google. Praise Jesus for the Google, because <laughs> for I the- started... <laughs> The Google. The Google. Thank you, Jesus. And Ray Higdon. Yeah, and Ray Higdon, 1,000%. Because after that, I started following him. You know, he was doing this, like, free coaching Friday. Yeah. And free coaching was all that I thought that I would ever be able to afford, okay? So I'm watching it, and at the time, they didn't sell their journals and other things publicly, and he was, like, showing the journal. And I'm like, where do you get that? in rank makers and I'm like somebody answered me I'm like what's that oh it's a group it's $20 a month and I'm like I can even even I can afford that like I can do it <laughs> and so I joined rank makers his group and I legitimately felt like I'd won the lottery because there was finally somebody to tell me every day exactly what to do, what to say, what to every, I'm just like, wow, this is amazing. And so I legitimately 
follow directions so literally that so literally like I follow directions and then I end up um, getting interviewed by him because of the results that I was creating. I ended up after I joined Rank Makers, I recruited like 10, 11 people in like 45 days. And so he heard about it. It was like a contest, a Wealth Wednesday contest, a Wealth Wednesday contest to like give away $100. I was one of the winners and he interviewed me. And on the interview, on the fly, like out of nowhere, it wasn't planned. After he started talking to me, hearing my story, he asked me to speak at Prospecting Duplication Summit on a panel. And that was the first time ever that I spoke anywhere. Then the first time that, like, it was just that I flew. Oh, I flew to Utah right the weekend before, which is like, it was insane to me to even think about. I'd never been to Florida. I'd never been to anywhere. He's like, how about... We'll cover your ticket. We'll pay to fly you down. Do you think you can find somebody to room with? And I'm like, like my mouth, the footage is out there of my mouth. Like it's like a, a GIF now, GIF, whatever, of my mouth dropping because wow. it was so shocking that he would ask me to do that. And from there, he's like, don't stop working now. He's like, don't stop working. If you stop, you know, don't, don't be one of those people who – you know, get some whatever and then stop. And right. I never stopped. And so I kept going, kept growing. And then I spoke again at Top Earner Academy, spoke um, at A&MP. You know, I spoke at Rank Makers Live. And, and I've, I'm speaking at Top Summit in February and been interviewed by the most awesome people like you. And it's just like insane what's, what can happen in just wow. two years' time, because I believed if somebody else could, then why can't I, right? And because this industry, especially the direct sales network marketing industry, there's no prejudice. Like right. there was no background check for me and there was no whatever. It was up to me if I wanted to do a little bit or a lot of bit, right? But right. <laughs> it gave me that option to okay, you can actually create something if you want to here. Now it, the ball's in your court. And uh, 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 it wow. worked. So, so let me ask you this. I, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm like, oh, hold on. I'm supposed to be asking her questions. I, I'm so mesmerized <laughs> by your story. The, you oh, know, you like, wow. So you have, here you are. You apply it the family dollar. We'll call it the family dollar. Um, and, and, and you like, let's talk about the moment. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not, it's, it is funny. The moment they told you we're not hiring you, the family. Yeah, well, dollar. they led me on to think that I was going to get interviewed and, you know, all this stuff. And they're like, you can't, you can't be hired. It, um, and I'm honest on my papers, you know, they're going to check that. Why would I lie? You know? Right, right. And so they're like, because, and you know what they, you know what they, um, the reason that they didn't hire me was because of the shoplifting charge from when I was 18. Uh, and at this point I was, I don't even know how old I was. It was two years ago. So like, I was like 26, 27. Wow. And I'm like, how is a charge eight years ago keeping me from getting a job today? At, but because it's at, a morality charge, dollar. it's a family I mean, dollar. we're talking about the family dollar, not Chase. <laughs> I mean, it was, I was just so shocked. And, and there was plenty of other people who did work there who had big, big charges, way bigger than that, that I knew so, because I'd been in jail with them. <laughs> but, but, yeah. But so here you were not able to get a job at, at the family dollar. And, and that had to feel incredibly debilitating. Um, but, but yeah, and I'm sure you were all kinds of pissed off. <laughs> like I can't even get a job at the family dollar. What the heck? Right? Well, it just made me feel like, like, why did I even work that hard? Like, why did I even try to, to get to this point when you can't 
get any farther. Like they're not going to let me have an actual life. So what's the point? And you know, here now I'm going to assume that you're one of the top earners in, in your company, I would imagine. Yeah. So I am top. Um, I'm in the top 3% in leadership, top 1% in sales in my company. That's unbelievable. It's I'll unreal. bet you you're making more money than you would have at the family dollar. Maybe just a smidge, <laughs> just a smidge more. <laughs> no. And, and you know, it's, it's this kind of thing. It's like, I could like, I was just talking to my husband the other day. I was like, you know, before when I got $5, that's when I was like, Oh man, I'm broke. Right. Like then right. I started worrying or trying to figure, oh gosh, I got $5. And somehow I could manage, right? Yeah. Like that's eggs, that's bread, and that's at least one, two liter of something, right? So <laughs> right. I knew. <laughs> but now it's like the, the amount of, okay, we're to this point, we've got to stop, is way bigger. I'm like, how did it even get to this point? Like that, that feels broke to me. Like it's so crazy. I know. I get it. It's amazing. It's amazing, right? It's, it's amazing. Amazing. So wow, I am wow. Okay, I want to be your agent. We're gonna get a movie deal for you. I'm totally. I, I don't know where to start, but I'm gonna figure that out. Michelle, this is unreal. It's unreal. And so you've been doing network marketing now that you know what it is. Um, yeah. You've been doing network marketing for um, two years. Just over two years. Let me holler for a charger one second. Okay. Michael, <laughs> bring me my charger, please. Hurry fast. Uh-oh. Sorry. <laughs> you said hurry fast. Um, it's in my room. Jeez. So, Sorry. so here you are, um, two years in, and you have set the world on fire. And it's it set me on fire. It's gave me like this. It's gave me, you know, this purpose. Obviously, I love being a mom and getting to stay with my kids and just do whatever. Yeah. Plug it in over there for me. <laughs> We're plugging it in. Hurry fast! It's gonna die. There we go. Unplug. Thanks, Michael. Yeah. Thanks, Michael. Pull Tell that one. Thanks. Um, he said thanks. <laughs> He's fixing it. Sorry. I got to move this way now. Okay. Yay, we're back. Sorry. We're back. That's um, all right. But no, it, it's, it's like gave me this because now I get to, I get to help other people do the same thing. And you know how they say like, your vibe attracts your tribe. And it's like this cliche saying, but in, in reality though, it's actually true. Yep. Because when you tr show up as your true self, what happens is you attract the people who relate to you on some level. Like obviously the people that are on my team, all of them, they're not all, you know, recovering addicts. Some of them just relate to the, you know, to the strength or to, you know, not knowing their dad, or maybe they were, um, you know, sexually assaulted or maybe, you know, so many different things that they, they, they all relate to me in some way where, and, and to see them, us as a whole, all just grow, yeah. like it's so much purpose for me and I wouldn't trade it for anything, even if I didn't make what I do, hey, because your, I'm just at the tip of the your, iceberg. Your, your head is cut off a little bit. There, there you go. go. There you go. Thank you. Let me push it this way some more. One there second. You go. You're good. <laughs> I'm fixing this. I just hey. love how you just roll with it. You're like, whatever, let's just do it. So, well, it's either, it's either that or don't happen. And I don't, I don't have time for that. Like it's got to happen. Amen. And my kids, I've so, got used to so, them popping in and just rolling with it. <laughs> yeah. So you have now, um, you have, I mean, you've grown closer to Ray Higdon, obviously. Oh, um, yeah. 
you um, and and you've done some amazing things. Let me ask you this question um, because there's somebody that's, that's going to watch this or has watched it or is watching. There is somebody that, you know, I, I remember one time having my car repossessed in front of all of my employees. Oh, man. That, that was a terrible day. <laughs> but, you know, like we've all been there where, you know, um, and Jan, I'm sorry, Jan Barnes is the one that told me to interview you. I was wrong. I, and I love I, Jan. I, she, she's, she nailed it <laughs> when she told me to interview you. So thank you for that, Jan. But so you, you, so the person out there that's, that can't figure it out, like they just, they're, 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 you know, maybe their car was just repoed. The electric's being shut off tomorrow. They can't figure out what the heck to do to, to get life on the right track. Like to that person that is at the end of their rope and they don't know what to do. What do you say to them to help them get through this moment? Because, you know, we all hear people go, oh, just hang in there. It's like, dude, what? Hang yeah, in no. there. <laughs> Hang on to what? I can't even buy food for my kids. Like, what do exactly. you about? Like, what do you say to that person to help them get over that hump? I would probably just honestly, I would just want like to pretend like I'm just telling you, okay? Yeah. You are gonna get through this and I know that it sounds ridiculous and I know that it's probably going to be harder before it gets easier. Okay. If somebody tells you it's going to be magical and fast, it's just not, it's just not. There's so much that comes with getting through anything, but you got to dig deep because if you are in that situation, you've, there's something about that person that actually wants to get through it that they can almost figure out anything. And if you want to get out of it, there's, there's so many things like, for instance, like I said, I didn't have anything really that I thought was a value, but that's what you have to figure out. Like I sold kids toys because that's all I had. Right. But you have to get creative no matter what, but there's always an option. Even when it doesn't seem like there is like, two cars sitting in the front yard, neither one of them work. And I've got two kids and my lights are fixing to get cut off. It wasn't an, to me, it wasn't an option to be like, go with the flow. My kids are going to be taken. My lights are going to be off and whatever. It was, what can I do to fix this? I cannot fix it. And you have to decide that you're not going to you're not going to stay in the situation you're in. And if you decide that, I believe 1000% because of that decision that I made, the universe started pulling things to me. That was what I wanted. Or and maybe not so much what I wanted, but opportunities and options. And, yeah. you know, because when I thought I had none, I, I don't I, know, you know, that's really just, when you think you have none, there's something. There is something. Yeah. It's just you have to be resourceful enough to to look for it. I, I, I'm absolutely blown away. And my last question for you is this. In your, in your mind, and you've been through a lot of stuff, I mean a lot of stuff that 99% of the world will never go through right? They just want, I'm happy that they won't. Right. But what do you think is the number one thing that holds people back from success, financial success from, from true joy and happiness? What do you think it is? I think it's, it's, it's all in, it's a mindset thing. It's, um, it's like, just like somebody, they, they would tell me all the time, you're never going to amount to anything. You're never whatever. But it, it comes down to, they can say it all day, but I took it in and believed it. Right. right. 
And that stopped me for a lot of years. And even still, it, I have to work with this unworthiness issue that comes up from time to time because yeah. it was embedded in there so much. And I think that the mindset of like, that's for other people. That's not for me or, right. you know, things will never be different for me. Like, but when you can look at it with the eye of why not me and like, what's the worst that can happen if I try Right. Because here's the thing. I didn't believe in myself. It wasn't me that I had the belief in. It was that somebody else was doing it. Then why can't I learn? Right. Like I can learn. I can do the things if they can do it and I can feel like with a plan, then I can follow directions. And as I got results because I've done the things, then I got some belief. Right. But it's all us we hold ourselves back because of the beliefs that we have is my true true opinion it's how we're raised it's how we're you know we're brought up what the media is showing us what we're watching on tv i don't watch tv anymore (laughs) having a long time but it's it's so many things that are engraved in us it's an upper limit problem and i will say that Ray suggested this book for me and he's suggested it to me like 10 times. I don't know if he really likes from like, if he thinks like you still need that book or if he forgets, he's, you know, told me, but the big leap by Gay Hendricks. I don't know if you've um, read that one. Never heard of it. Got to listen to it. Anybody, any single person, whether you're in like a horrible situation or you're at this spot and you feel stuck and you want to go to the next level or whatever you, I, I recommend it 1000%. Wow. Um, and then um, the war of art. I don't remember the author of that. Those two books. The are war of art or the art of war. The art. Wait, nope. The war of art. The war of art. Yep. I've never heard. I've heard of the art of war by Sung Too. Nope. Wow. It's they're both really good, and they're wow. they're 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 easy. They're both pretty easy to listen to if you're that kind of person. Yeah. You can like you if you use what's in those books. I truly believe because they've helped me that you could change your life because it makes wow. so much sense. It brings so much to that awareness to that conscious level that you may not realize. And I say all the time, people don't know what they don't know. Amen. You have no idea until you do. And then you're like, you know, wow. Yeah, exactly. And as you said, yes, I have um, grown closer with Ray. I actually do work for the Higdon group as well now. So super honored. Um, It, it still blows my mind that they, you know, trust and love me enough to let me help them serve their audience. And, um, yeah, so Ray and awesome. Jess that's how are, I found you was Ray yeah. and Jess's interviews with you. Oh, really? So, yeah. They were awesome. I really liked them. I, I love Ray and Jessica. They're, they're amazing. They are absolutely amazing. I'm, I am, um, completely, and totally like first off i'm so i feel so honored that you have been on the show second um i want i do want to be your agent and find get you a movie deal <laughs> um third like like i'm blown away your story is probably one of the most inspirational stories i've ever heard on this show like well it, thank you wow that's that's super kind and I can't say it like I've said it and I've said it and I'll say it again everybody I've talked to like it's such an honor to even be on here to be to be talking to you and just you know to share me with with your audience it's it's truly an honor and something that I don't take lightly and I just appreciate you having me so 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 much Thank you. Like, I, I can't say thank you enough. So um, somebody asked earlier, I didn't want to interrupt you, but where is uh, where can everyone follow you? 
Um, so if they depends on what platform they're on, whatever. Um, on Facebook, it's just Michelle Eldridge. Um, I don't know if you can see my name or not. Um, but one of my friends are on here. They can tag my Facebook profile. Um, if you're seeing this on Facebook, yeah, that. Just look that up on Instagram yeah. or Facebook. My name is literally that on both places. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to connect with any of you. If you have, like, if you're in some kind of situation, you ever need somebody to talk to, I'm your person. Don't ever feel like you have no one <laughs> ever because it sucks. It yeah. sucks when you feel like you're alone completely and utterly. So I always try to say that because I wish somebody would have said it to me. Wow. You're unbelievable. Thank you so much. I, I, I just, uh, wow. I'm blown away. So thank you. You are amazing. Thank you. You're a blessing and a gift to this world. So I'm, I'm very, very grateful. Um, and to everybody who's watched this and listened to this and um, will listen to this, share this out because her story is definitely going to help a lot of people. So, thank you Michelle, so much. That's so sweet. You. You're, you're awesome. Hang on here with me. I'm going to end the live stream. So thank you to everyone who shared this out and, and has been in here. Like, wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> thank you. I'm going to end Bye. this. Bye-bye. Thank, Thank you, Michelle.